Viewpoint. Welcome to Viewpoint, where my guest and I will discuss issues that are of interest and importance to you. COE prices. They fell across all five categories at the latest tender exercise. The correction in COE premiums was largely expected with a higher COE supply, but my guest thinks more should be done to address non-supply factors. The Straits Times' senior transport correspondent, Christopher Tan, joins me on Viewpoint. Christopher, you say that a flatter COE supply curve may lead to more stable but not necessarily lower prices in your latest opinion piece. Why is that? Yeah, so the theory is that uh, when supply becomes flatter, uh, prices will become more stable. As opposed to the past 30 years where we saw supply curve going up and down like a roller coaster, literally. So when supply was high or more, the theory is that um, prices will come down because you know, the basic economic principle of demand and supply. Uh, but when supplies is small, conversely, the prices tend to go up. Now, um, there are other things, non-supply issues that are muddling up the equation, mm-hmm. as it were. And one of them being um, the huge surge in private hire vehicle mm-hmm. population. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and these are corporate bidders. They, um, they have more financial muscle. They are able to pass the cost on to hires more easily. And if we look at the, 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 how, how fast or how quickly they, they grew in numbers, um, it becomes clear that they, they are now a force to be reckoned with. Having said that, Acting Transport Minister Chi Hong Tat doesn't think so, right? Yes, he did say that... Um, their numbers do not suggest their percentage of their bids secured by this group of bidders. Uh, you know, does not suggest that they are influencing prices. But if we think back and look back uh, as recently as 2012, mm-hmm. uh, when the government actually removed taxis from the bidding process, mm-hmm. uh, at that time taxis were also having uh, a similar share of the COE bids, mm. about 20-25%. And um, due to feedback from industry as well as consumers, uh, that time uh, Transport Minister Liu Tak Yu uh, decided to act on that and remove taxis from active bidding and allow taxi operators to grow their fleet um, by buying or by paying the PQP, which is the prevailing quota premium. Mm-hmm. Therefore, removing them from active bidding for fresh COEs. Uh, that, that, uh, despite that being done, um, what we see now is a repeat of uh, a phenomenon that grew when uh, Uber and Grab started mm-hmm. coming in mm-hmm. and followed by the rest um, about 10 years ago, 2013, 2014. That's right. Now we have, um, we have this huge cohort of bidders which are, in effect, taxis, right? They are taxis because they serve the same function as taxis. They may not have the livery of a taxi. They may not have the rooftop sign, mm, mm. but uh, they behave like taxis. They clock a lot of mileage. And uh, now um, they are accounting for 20-odd percent of fresh COEs. Mm-hmm. So why not remove them anyway? Because if a 
group of bidders account for about 20% of uh, bids, mm-hmm. it uh, lends to, uh, to reason that um, it's, it's quite logical that they are strong bidders. Because mm-hmm. if you are not mm-hmm. a strong bidder, you will not be able to corner such a, a 20%, one, that's in, right. That's right. one in five mm-hmm. COE, mm. right? Um, so it stands to reason that they are quite aggressive, strong bidders. Um, so why not treat them as taxis? Why not treat them have the same level playing field as taxis? And this is not just for COE prices. This extends to how we want to plan our transport system, how we want to plan our road usage. Uh, as mentioned just now, these cars tend to clock three times more kilometers than the typical family car. Mm. And their numbers have grown exponentially. Um, and and now there are close to um, 100,000 of them. Um, so there, there should be some kind of a control. There is no cap on the population. Mm-hmm. As opposed to taxis, uh, we used to we used to control the population of taxis mm. because we didn't want the kind of outcome um, that we see now. Uh, a lot of cars on the road, um, a lot of movement, and of course, consequently, a lot of emissions. Mm. So I think beyond COE prices that these uh, uh, fleet owners have an impact on, we should also look wider and see what kind of impact that they have on usage, on pollution. Um, uh, is this the kind of outcome we want mm. uh, from, from for Singapore? Mm. You know, prices are just phenomenally high. And let's for a moment take away this zero population growth policy. Is it possible you know, to, to entertain this thought that maybe LTA should have a pressure release valve example to release 1,000 COEs when needed? Yeah, so that, that's, that's exactly what they've been doing uh, since last year. They have been borrowing uh, COEs from future supply, uh, bringing them forward to now. I think they've done like four or five rounds of that. And I think the, the latest uh, move uh, has actually resulted in a sizable correction in prices. Last round uh, for cat, category B COEs, which are for mm. bigger, more powerful cars, uh, I think it dropped by about 40,000. For smaller, less powerful cars, I think it dropped by 10,000. Um, yeah, so uh, <laughs> by themselves, they look like uh, huge drops. Mm. But if you look at the prices themselves, they are still historically very, very high. Mm. Um, for category category B, it's about still about hundred and fifteen thousand, hundred and ten thousand. You know, for for the smaller cars, it's about ninety odd thousand. It's still mm. historically very very high. Mm. Um, so I feel that besides supply, we need to look at the non supply issues. Mm. One of which is uh, private hire. The other the other factor that I mentioned uh, was the easy credit. Mm. Right, easy loans. Right. Uh, even though there are rules in place to limit uh, loans to seventy percent of the car purchase price, mm-hmm. there are a lot of loopholes and a lot of other ways that people uh, exploit mm. to be able to borrow up to hundred percent of the car value and also to extend it to ten years. Uh, mm. This is, of course, fueling um, our demand, as as it were, and mm. driving up prices. Mm. 
So I think beyond COE prices, we we just need to look at you know how we want to plan our transport system, how we want to plan our our, our road usage. And and talking about your usage, yes. yeah, ERP. I was about to come to that, the ERP system, yes, yeah. the ERP system, the electronic the one, yeah. road pricing system, mm-hmm. which has been been in place since 1998, mm-hmm. and now uh, we are launching a new one, ERP two. Mm-hmm. Now ERP two is uh, supposed to be able to be extended to a larger area. Uh, not confined to the number of gantries that we have. Gantries, of course, uh, they are expensive to erect. Of course, they can be visually also quite uh, intrusive mm-hmm. um, uh, and also expensive to maintain over time. And if we want to extend uh, road pricing to a larger area of Singapore, um, you can imagine there are already about 100 gantries. And if you we want to extend it to a larger area, You can imagine the number of gantries that we have to erect, mm. uh, but ERP two allows us to do so with uh, fewer uh, or much less uh, street furniture, as it were, uh, because it's a satellite-based system uh, that allows for tracking of vehicles uh, without such huge uh, physical infrastructure. But they moved, uh, of course, the, the system into your car in the form of a quite a large uh, onboard unit. Mm. But besides the, that's besides the point. Uh, the main thrust of uh, the main uh, proposition of ERP two is that it is able to charge for distance clocked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this distance distance based charging concept, I don't know. It sounds quite worrying because you could end up paying even more. Yes, so it really depends on how you use your car and where you use your car and when you use your car, right? Because mm. it it is able to charge for time uh, uh, and also area location and of course uh, distance clocked. Mm. If you are driving in the middle of the night in a less congested part of say Woodlands or Thompson or somewhere mm. that's you know less congested, I, I, I'm sure that you will not be charged. Uh, much or if if at all, mm. uh, but if you are driving during peak hours, um, in say towards the city or in the city centre, uh, you are actually contributing to congestion, and therefore, mm. uh, it is only right that you are charged according to distance, um, and and that was the proposition of ERP two, mm. um, but uh, we we don't really know when the distance charging component will be applied. Because if if that was applied, you could actually control and uh, uh, actually have a, a wonderful outcome. Because then people will be more mindful of exactly how they use their car. Now, now oh, once you pass a gantry mm-hmm. today, uh, once you pass a gantry and get into town, you can literally drive as much as mm-hmm. you your heart mm-hmm. desires, and and that seems to be the case, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for 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 a lot of um, say um, for private hire cars, mm-hmm. taxis. Mm-hmm. Um, so so with distance char- distance charging, I think the mindset will have to change, behavior will have to change, and and will lead to a fairer way of. Charging you for exactly how much you actually occupy the road space for. It may lead to prices coming down. Is that what you're saying? It really depends. 
it, it is a fairer and sharper way of actually charging you. Mm. Right now, you are charged for per entry, for instance. Mm. Right? I mean, if you imagine yourself going to, say, a club and you pay a cover charge mm. of, say, you know, $100. Mm. But once inside, you, you, you have uh, access to all the drinks you want. Or would you prefer a, a place where you go to you pay for the number of drinks that you actually uh, consume. Okay. Right. Christopher, there's also been much talk about having a separate category for luxury cars. Is this viable and doable? We, we already have um, a category. I mean, we, we have two categories. We used to have more. We used to have four categories for cars. Mm-hmm. We kind of merged them. And we now have two. One, like I said, for smaller cars, less powerful cars. Mm-hmm. And the other one for uh, bigger and more powerful cars. To have another, yet another uh, separate category, uh, you will just kind of distribute or divide up, segmentize the, mm-hmm. the number of COEs into smaller groups. And that might lead to more volatile prices. In fact, there have been past proposals to merge the two into one. Mm. Therefore, you have a larger pool. And once you have a larger pool, the theory goes that, you know, prices will be more stable. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but of course, the less well-off will have to compete with the more well-off yeah. Yeah. in that sense. I think it's quite good. You, know, you have two categories, but, you know, the, the COE system itself is working. I don't think we should throw it away. But we should definitely look at the other factors that are influencing mm. how prices are moving, how you know the bidders that are now coming in, and, and look at whether we should treat private hire cars the same way as we treated taxis. Christopher, I know you have a lot of views about private hire uh, mm-hmm. cars, so mm-hmm. tell me more. Yeah, so I, I think it, it's not a targeted attack or anything like that, but I feel that from a transport point of view, we should look at how best to make use of a scarce resource? In this instance, is it's road space, right? Huh. Singapore is small. We have limited space that we can devote to roads. Uh, right now, the, the roads take up like 12, well, slightly over 12% of our land surface. If you look at back um, 10 years ago, we had at its peak 28,000 taxis at that point we already had one of the highest taxi population per capita in the world, hmm. right? And now, uh, with private hire coming into the mix, um, the number of vehicles devoted to point-to-point service, transport service, has gone up by 2.5, nearly three times, mm. right? Uh, is that the, the kind of, um, is, is that an efficient use of resource, mm. right? Um um, a lot. If you go to some car parks, you will see quite a number of these cars unused, unhired. They're just taking up space there, parked. When genuine bidders who need a car for either uh, young ones in the house or older folks, uh, they can't have access to the COE because they mm. are outpriced mm-hmm. uh, by these strong bidders. And then it saddens me to see at, at the same time, these cars, not all of them are put to use because they can't find hirers and they're parked. Mm. Um, you know, hundreds of them all over Singapore. I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> is it efficient use of resource? That's, that's, mm. that's my question, you know. Okay. And then if they are not an efficient use of resource, and from a transport point of view also, so many of these cars plying on the road. Just, yeah. It's just, yeah, something is just off, right? Yeah. So, so you think it should really be more of a, a shifting the cost uh, from ownership to usage? Yes, that that is also uh, what I think ERP2 can potentially do. 
um, by shifting some of the cost from ownership um, uh, to to usage because it is u- usage that uh, land, uh, that leads to congestion or that that contributes to congestion. I mean, if you have a car and if you don't use it that much, it doesn't really co- contribute to congestion. I think there are, um, many cities have shown that. Um, and, and, and in fact, if you have travelled, you will notice that many cities without COE and without ERP and without the high taxes that we have today in Singapore, they are able to function quite well. Mm-hmm. Of course, we, do, we don't uh, look at the, the, the worst case being places like Cairo, Jakarta, mm-hmm. Manila, and, and maybe even Bangkok, and, mm-hmm. and you'll find that congestion is rather bad in these places. But if you look at some of the first-tier cities, Seoul, Tokyo, London, mm. New York, they function quite well, despite mm. having a higher car population uh, than Singapore, mm. right? Because um, there are measures in place, other measures in place to um, encourage people to use their cars more uh, wisely, not mm. uh, rampantly. They don't have an uncontrolled uh, taxi population, mm. right? So I think maybe we should look at how these things fit into our whole transport equation and come up with a, a better way of doing things. Until then, do you think we would hit 200k in terms of COE prices? Well, I think with zero growth policy in place, and if we do not have the same kind of cap for the human population, and if the human population goes to X number, we now have 5.8 million people. Mm-hmm. And if, let's say, it continues to grow over the years, in the next three and, and with zero growth in place, there might come a day. Mm. There might come a day when COE goes up to 200. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have to wait that long. In fact, I think with growing affluence, you will have this upward pressure on prices. So I think there must be other things in place to kind of mitigate or to balance up the ownership cost. Otherwise, mm. you have uh, uh, this this imbalance between ownership and usage. And studies have shown that if a person pays a lot for a car, they tend to want to use it more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They tend to want to use it more because the usage is, compared to the investment that they made for the car, is insignificant, Mm -hmm. right? Even now, with ERP, $5, $6 per entry, Mm It's, it's nothing, right, compared to the cost of a car. Mm, 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 mm. So there has to be some shift towards usage. Mm. Make it costlier to use a car so that people so, actually think twice or three times before uh, driving. Own a car. Yeah. Mm. And if they do use a car, they, they use it more efficiently so that they don't have wasted or empty mileage like single occupancy or whatever. That has to be the way. Otherwise, $200,000 $300, COE may be something we have to grapple with down the road. Mm. And is that going to be good for Singapore? Okay, thank you very much, Christopher, for sharing your viewpoint with us. Most welcome. Point.